Hey folks, it's your boy OG Bernie. Labyrinth Podcast available everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, just everywhere. I don't have to explain. For everybody that's been listening to the podcast since I had it last year, so I'm going about a year and a half right now with this podcast. Thank you. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. It's been a long time with the last June, about three months. So it's only right to come back and come back strong. And let's get with the Summer Slam 2019, the 32nd edition of Summer Slam. For a lot of newcomers that's on this podcast, I'm OG Bernie. Welcome. Let's get started. And um, I'm not with the pregame, or yeah, pregame. There was four matches in the pregame, all lasted about a good so hour and a half. This wasn't a very long Summer Slam. Everybody predicted six hours. We got about less than five. So, which was good because anybody that saw WrestleMania would know that it was like seven, eight hours of just fighting and in-ring performance. But nonetheless, with um, the first match, listen, I didn't, I didn't watch the pregame. There was no reason for me to watch it. I didn't care for it. I was, just, I was all, you know, amped for the main event for the 10 matches that was scheduled and for the, for the surprise for surprisingly it was only 10 matches I thought it would have been more than that said so this would be the biggest event of the summer but it wasn't the case this is live in Toronto Canada so this is this is definitely not America and this is how I guess this is how it went Drew Gulak he's from 205 Live um, let me just note this right now to all the wrestlers on 205 Live, you y'all yeah, so talented. It's a shame that they don't throw you or this 205, you know, conference into the main event of WWE. It's, it, it sucks that you guys don't get the type of recognition y'all deserve. It's always in the pre-matches. I don't remember at any time where the Cruiserweight Championship was up for grabs in the main card or in the main show. Maybe only once. If I'm now, you know, thinking about it, maybe last year, I believe, I forgot where exactly that was, but that's about it. After that, none at all. But, um, I think guy Drew Grulak from 205 Live, he defended his championship. Um, that's it. As far as Buddy Murphy, who was a former, you know, cruiserweight champion from 205 Live, he had that for a while. Before he lost that to Drew Gulak. He's now on SmackDown roster. He's getting his first opportunity on the Summer Slam event. And that was even that was that was not even a you know um a called match. It's just they just make that up right now to put into the storyline from Roman Reigns and Rowan ever since Roman Reigns was involved in a life or death situation where somebody's trying to kill him. Roman Reigns pressed Bobby Murphy. Bobby Murphy snitched and said it was Rowan. So we get this match between Buddy Murphy and Apollo Crews. And um, simple. No contest. Rowan came out of the, you know, wherever he was at and beat up Buddy Murphy. So this was a no contest match between Crews and um, Murphy. Rowan told him, "Don't even don't speak my name again." So, this is this is a this is going to be a storyline to talk about for the next couple of weeks until maybe the next pay per view or Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series or, t- or table or TLC. Who knows? 
that you know Roman's you know Roman Reigns gonna be he's gonna be involved and somebody's gonna try to take his life until he find out who's the real culprit. So far, it's not some old Joe. So I guess we cleared that one. It might not be Rowan. It might not be Buddy Murphy. Who knows? Somebody is playing puppet though, and they're doing a very good job. But nonetheless, the match between Cruz and Buddy Murphy, the dub. As I said, I don't care. I don't care much for the pregame. I didn't watch it. <coughs> I'm just going by what. I heard and who was facing each other and that's about it I'm not here to disrespect anybody then you got the women tag team championship with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross they, 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 they beat the Iconics now the Raw before that the um, Nikki and Bliss they won the championships so all they did was just retain it and that's it no more no less it's, no, the, the female champions to a tag team championship should be promoted more, but it, it hasn't. And then when it got to the Iconics, they kind of the prestige just was not there. I hope Nikki Cross and Alyssa Bliss can, you know, somehow bring some prestige. But I don't know, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross is a talented, you know, performer. She needs more than Alyssa Bliss. Um, that's about it. I don't know what else can you say after that, but um, yeah, uh, was it, it was three? Yeah, it was only three. Okay, wow. I thought it'd be more. I thought it'd been more than that, but I guess whatever. Like I said, three. You know, that's all. That's that's the pregame. As I said, I didn't watch it, so there was no reason to. I didn't. I didn't feel like these, you know, three matches was worth my time to watch. And I'm right. I'm happy I didn't watch it. It wasn't something I would have watched to begin with. It's not interesting. The only thing I've seen is that the Roman Reigns saga continues to find out who's after him. And I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns is going to try to get his hand on Rowan to find out what the hell was you doing trying to get me killed. Unless it's really not Rowan. Maybe Buddy Murphy. Even though I don't feel like Buddy Murphy, I'm not saying he's not smart. Because Buddy Murphy is one of the most talented wrestlers out of SmackDown. And he might surprise a lot of people and have, you know, and might have a great future in wrestling. But who knows what this guy is capable of. Or did he even set Rowan out there? Or who knows? Maybe Daniel Bryan is still the puppet master of all the shenanigans playing little mind games with everybody. We'll find out. Raw's Women's Championship, Becky Lynch, the champion, Natalia, the challenger. We've seen over the last couple weeks, Natalia has really stepped up her intensity as a performer. The likes we have never seen from Natalia before, and she's been She's been here for a long time since the diva revolution, now the woman's evolution. Natalia's been there. She's maybe the the longest, you know, reigning female performer right now, other than Mickey James, who's out right now. Natalia, she's been handling her business. She's a two-time champion. You know, what better way for her to get a, a third championship 
which we haven't had in maybe over a couple years, is to beat the best in the world, the man, Becky Lynch, in a submission match. Simple, the rules are simple. You might, you gotta put your, you know, you gotta put the other superstar in the submission, or who wins. The submission wins the whole match. That's it. There's no disqualification. All bets are off. And we've just seen nothing but submissions after submissions after submissions, testing both performers' physical attributes. And in the end, Becky Lynch disarmed her was more potent than the sharpshooter. To a point where they both used their own, each other's special moves to try to make each other tap. This was a grueling match from the beginning to the end. Everything, everything you expected to start off the opening of SummerSlam. I didn't think, this, I thought this was not gonna be the first match on the card, but I'm kinda happy it, it was. It kinda started off compared to other matches I've seen from one to 10. This probably was the best one to start it off with. You opened up the crowd. It was electrifying. Um, Becky Lynch did a thing. She wasn't, she, she held on her business. She was tested, I think, for the first time in a very long time since she became women's champion, she's been tested. And I was looking to see would it be some type of good build to it. And it was a great build. Natalia definitely stepped her game up. I don't know what's going to happen now, considering that Becky is now still champion, which I'm pretty sure that was the whole point right now. I think they, they needed to keep the belt on Becky Lynch. Natalia is a, is a great performer at a big hometown you know, advantage. But at the same time, this wasn't, this wasn't for her to win. Not today, maybe soon, but this wasn't the cards for her to go against the man Becky Lynch and think you're gonna be here. First of all, Becky Lynch right now is on an amazing hot streak since last SummerSlam. It's only right you continue that build on her, the evolution of the man, and let Becky Lynch hold on to that championship. You know, I will hope maybe she can come back and win the SmackDown championship. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that was just a nostalgia type thing where history needed to be made. It's just proof who's a dominant female. And Becky Lynch is the, maybe the most dominant female in this whole division, SmackDown or Raw, or any division at this point. So this was, this was a big time win for Becky. I think she needed an opponent that could work well with her and vice versa. Natalia brought the best out of Becky Lynch and vice versa. And I hope they face each other at Clash of Champions on September 15th. I still, I would still take Becky Lynch to win that also, but I, it was just the chemistry that was performed, I would like to see that again. And I'm pretty sure the fans would like to see that again. It's much more better than what Becky Lynch was doing against Lacey Evans. And no diss to Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is definitely, is gonna be around for a very long time, but Lacey Evans, you can you can see that Lacey Evans is not ready to be up there like that. I really, there's gotta be lattice to this, and it's not her turn right now. I want to see somebody else take that next mantle and go against Becky Lynch, and hopefully if Sasha Banks does come back, maybe we could see something like that. But for right now, this was an okay match. I got no problem with it. Becky Lynch is still champion, and I'm good with that. This is what I would say about Dolph Ziggler and Goldberg. Any type of Goldberg match you get, if it's less than five minutes, Goldberg is winning. It's not even um, 
a foregone conclusion why we even talk about Goldberg. Goldberg has already cemented himself as one of the most devastating performers in wrestling history. Like, this man was undefeated for about a year and a half, just rampaging everybody. Why do we expect anything less? Goldberg is still in great physical form to still perform even though he don't want to no more. And Dolph Ziggler, uh, listen, Dolph Ziggler has not, I don't know, he's got one, I feel like Dolph Ziggler got one feet out the door, and maybe this is a sign that Dolph Ziggler maybe is going to leave WWE because the way he's getting his ass beat every time is just, is just getting pathetic right now. You first set up a, you first super kick Shawn Michaels, I'm assuming that they're going to wrestle. I'm not saying I want to see Shawn Michaels wrestle ever again. But Shawn Michaels already said that he ain't trying to do wrestling no more. And I don't I don't want to see him wrestle no more. So I thought it would be him and The Miz. Knowing that, you know, The Miz, he's been on a down slope ever since Shane McMahon kind of swept him. So I'm ho- I was kind of hoping maybe The Miz kind of redeemed himself. And I guess Dolph Ziggler, they both are rivals. So I would like to see that. But that wasn't the case. So what we get, we get Goldberg. And... This was, I figured this was a foregone conclusion. The way that Ziggler was just saying his name and just disrespecting him the last couple weeks. I figured Goldberg had enough. In a way, Goldberg needed this right now because of what happened at Super Showdown against The Undertaker a couple weeks ago, actually a couple months ago. And just like how The Undertaker was able to get that bad, you know, demons off him and was able to be successful against, you know, Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon with the help of Roman Reigns. Goldberg, same old, same scenario. Goldberg said the hell with this. And Goldberg don't need no help. Goldberg is just Goldberg. He's still in physical shape to still wrestle. Even though he's not the same anymore. He can still wrestle. And he, he that's what he did. The, the only thing surprising about this match, Dolph Ziggler super kicked him twice. Pop. Man work. Popped again. I thought automatically we might get an upset and I think that should have been the finish the finish should have been that upset if you know right there automatically this will put this will be a put over as Ziggler as one hell of a competitor and we didn't get that what we got was simple Goldberg two minute fashion squash spared him jackhammer that's it should have been done the fact that Ziggler kept it going for 10 minutes even after the match was over and brought Goldberg not once but twice he brought Goldberg out of the um the stage and well wherever he was at I forgot the Titantron came back down and Goldberg's like okay speared you again he left should have been done no Dolph Ziggler still talking running out his mouth that's what he's been doing ever since he came back and, and attacked Kofi running his mouth try to fight Kevin Owens running his mouth and the same scenario, running his mouth, and it didn't get him nowhere. All he got was just another spear, and this time, the third time was just was mind blowing. I thought Ziggler was dead. Homie got ran over. This is not. The, I I didn't care for this match, but the fact that he kept getting beat up and beat up, it was just amazing that Ziggler. This is where Ziggler's at right now. I don't know what's gonna happen to Ziggler. I, I think the next person that Ziggler face right now, this need he needs to face somebody that's gonna turn this is gonna really turn him around. I'm not saying become a turn face, a baby face, but at the same time, he's if he's gonna keep that 
Hill persona, then he needs to also win matches also. He can't just be getting beat down and destroyed like the way he was right now. This is not, it's not working out for him. Everybody was calling this maybe the best match of the night. Even though I believe maybe the last match might have been better than this. AJ Styles retained his championship against Ricochet. To me, it was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing match to watch. I critique Ricochet's choice of wardrobe. I don't know this whole Dark Knight. This Dark Knight remind me of Dark Knight. I think I forgot. I forgot what um, Batman show this was but this remind me of Batman and in the future I mean Batman Beyond I, I think I believe that was the show that was back on TV I ain't, uh, other than that the fact that Ricochet was able to still do amazing stunts even though when AJ Styles kicked him off his legs and stopped him from using his aerial assaults against the likes of AJ Styles and the, just the whole OC in general was amazing and it showed a different side of Ricochet that I'd never seen before and for you know I'm pretty sure the next time they face each other I believe maybe Ricochet might have the advantage only because we was able to see different moves that I didn't think was going to be the case from Ricochet and the fact that he was able to do it it suggested to me that the next time they do face each other, if they if that becomes the case, it's gonna be a classic. And I I don't mind seeing another rematch, even though this wasn't really a technically a rematch because Ricochet had a fight just to get to this chance. But I would like to see this one more time, if that's possible, between these guys. Maybe OJ and I'm pretty sure AJ would probably still win because, like I said, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the only the official the original the club that only matters these guys are, has been built at as super tough guys ever since they reformed over a month and a half ago and these guys are gonna you know they're gonna dominate the, they're gonna dominate the world that whole world division if they have their way and you know what i would like to see it again clash of champions set that up let these two tear each other apart again I, I you know if you were able to remove those two out of the equation the the rest of the OCs the good brothers then I rather I rather see it that way I rather see these guys face each other and you know this might it, we can really see a, a classic match either either Clash of Champions or Hell in a Cell one of those or whatever other pay-per-view that comes after that I would like to see them tear each other apart beat each other up and just make so many type of you know fantastic finishes, you know that would be amazing for me as a fan. Overall, Ricochet gave it his all. You know, top five quality matchup right there. People's gonna say the best. I think maybe the finish of the last match I'll talk about later was maybe more better because of how it was how it ended and how it was perceived before that and just the way that came about. But regardless. This was a dope match, and I'm satisfied with this finish. OC came in after that and put the brakes on Ricochet again. And I think that's how it should be. Like I said, you gotta give Ricochet a taste 
of the nasties. So you can, so he can be more angry to just say, "All right, I'm gonna get ya." Ricochet is maybe the best high flyer we got today in wrestling. So it's only right that this continues, and we'll see what happens if they face each other again. Which I will hope they do. This is a great rivalry to begin with. Maybe one of the best in wrestling. And let's see how it goes. Yay! I won't even talk long about this match. This maybe was the worst um, match on this whole SummerSlam card. And it's not even a diss to Amber Moon and Bailey. There was no build at all. They were just talking. Bailey, the hug of one as she is, trying to help her out when she was supposed to be a competitor. Her giving her, even having a chance when I think she should have fought for that. It, it, it was just a making of not good. It wasn't a good match. I think people saw right through it. This was gonna be a good match. The only way this prayer weapon special Amber went ballistic and started hitting her with type tables, chairs, and whatever you could think of that made this a little bit more believable. That I could see a few buildings just go off from there, but that wasn't the case. This like I don't know what they I don't know what the female side of SmackDown is gonna do when it comes to this because I don't know. But this wasn't a good booking to begin with. And overall, this wasn't a good match. So, but I'm gonna just leave it as that. I ain't trying to knock it. I'm just not gonna speak much about this. Bailey won, of course. She did the belly to belly. One of the most predictable moves that anybody can do. I seen German suplex much more effective than what Bailey was able to do. But like I said, this is what they had booked into it. So, I don't. I, this is definitely gonna knock Amber Moon off the peg right now in this female's division. Unless she's really a viable candidate and she's got the makings to be a champion. I just don't know what type of backing that WWE has for Amber Moon currently. And I don't know if they even have it at all. They're just trying to figure out what to do with her. I don't think you need to brand her. She is effective still, but I don't know. Bailey, I don't know who in that division is going to be competitive against Bailey other than Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is the only person that's a legit threat for that women's championship against Bailey. After that, I don't see no female in that division that's really that's really competitive. And everybody else that looks like they could be are chasing the females tag team division. So, no disrespect. I'm hoping that Sasha Banks does come back, become a heel, and go off on Bailey and maybe push Bailey to the limit. Or Bailey turn heel and just do some wild nonsense until Sasha Banks shows up and try to, you know, beat her down. Whatever. This something needs to change right now in, in the SmackDown side of it. I just isn't is, is this array. And I don't know. Everybody's talking about Eric Bischoff be soon gonna be cre taking creative control. Eric Bischoff needs to hurry up and get this going. Um Paul Heyman's already done is already doing one hell of a job on Raw right now, which is the flagship station, so you need Raw to become as great as it is so it can get the views. Follow up with SmackDown boosting more ratings. And Bischoff is the perfect guy, but Bischoff, but things need to be changed quickly. But I don't want to side off to this. As far as the females SmackDown Championship, worse of the whole Summer Summer Jam. That's I mean Summer Slam. Sorry, and I leave it as that. Now, without further ado, let me get to my sponsor, and I'll get to them right about in about ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Four, three, two, one. Uh, 
um, I don't know. I thought this match would have been better promoted, better advertised, better well played from the beginning to end with the Kevin Owens Shane McMahon match. I, I don't know. I didn't feel the same type of energy that I thought I would have felt in this matchup only because Shane McMahon, he's going to throw all the cats out the bag just to win and just to see Kevin Owens retire or quit, whatever you want to call it. Nonetheless, Kevin Owens won. Um, he had to do some dirty tactics, which was expected only because Shane McMahon was going to throw all the legal dirty tactics in the world just to win this by any means necessary. You know, somebody that's called the best in the world these tactics to survive in this match against Kevin Owens, who as late has become one of the biggest things that, you know, hit the WWE this year. Like, other than Kofi Kingston, Becky Lynch, Bray Wyatt, and now you can add Kevin Owens into that mix right now. Just what's been what's been going in WWE good this year and you could say New Day as a whole also getting their six tag team champion and just you know running wild in the, the whole tag team division nonetheless uh, this was so and so you know Kevin only had to win this match knowing everything that was against him the stacks was decked against him everything I was I was so I was I was okay I was okay with this Elias, I don't even know why Elias was even in this beginning with ever since he got speared by Edge early in the pre-show. He should have been out of this whole equation. So that also it wasn't it didn't sit right with me. Eli Elias now come back. He's good right now. When it's also a I feel like it's a diss to Edge right now and that spear he delivered as if that spear still don't do damage no more. Even though Edge probably took the risk of even doing it, knowing that his neck is in bad shape right now for him to even be doing any type of moves but not regardless to this kevin owens match it was okay it, it wasn't what i expected i was expecting much more you know for dazzle and maybe and maybe i needed him to lose maybe i needed him to lose so i can see what would happen on raw or smackdown what's gonna be the the after effect but i guess that's not the case regardless we get the winner kevin owens survives and that's it. Yay! And a yay for this Charlotte Flair Trish Travis matchup. What's been dubbed the dream match between the greatest of her generation and the greatest of the past generation. A combined 16 championships combined between these two fantastic female performers. And other than the fingers, I think this was a this was a well done match. The builder was what the builder wasn't that much. There was I wouldn't say a build up to this, but about maybe a span of two weeks at least. With this being done, regardless, you can't knock the results of this. And the results is favorable. Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus put another legend over. They're both legends at this point. Charlotte Flair just doing it at a rapid pace right now the likes that we have never seen from a female performer and she might she, when it's all said and done she might have more titles than her own dad if not more than anybody in wrestling history but she's already got nine she's not that far off from 16 she can accomplish a lot 
and she's still with she's 33 34 right now she's still got a lot more in-ring activity to still do in wrestling if she continues to she might settle into the sunset with Andrade depending if they get married or not or whatever but Rick you know Charlotte Flair still got a lot more woo, to continue with Trish Stratus she already said this will be her last match She's already a Hall of Famer. There's nothing else, there's nothing really else that she needs to prove right now. She was a part of the female, you know, evolution last year when they had that first and only evolution event. Hopefully they make a second one. If not, then shame on WWE for not capitalizing on this opportunity for female wrestlers. Um, Charlotte Flair, she's the queen of all queens. I don't, there's not much more to say. That's not the ambulance of somebody's career taking it downhill, even though Dolph Ziggler's career is really going downhill. Um, but that's not him. Overall, Charlotte Flair, congratulations. I think Charlotte Flair, of the caliber she is, she needed to be on a pay-per-view event. <coughs> Trish Stratus, like I said, one more match in her. It turned out as perfect as it was. And we got we have to leave it as that. Kofi and Randy. Kofi, Randy. Kofi, Randy. Kofi, Randy. How in the hell this did not become an epic classic? Ten years in the making between the last time, I wouldn't say the last time we faced each other, but the start of all this ten years of, you know, just Kofi Kingston's grinding and grinding just to get back to where he was after that moment he had with Randy Owen, which he dubbed the best moment of his life. And then after that moment, when Randy called him stupid, Randy's influence put him down for so long until Randy, you know, knocked out Ali to put Kofi into the main spotlight for the Elimination Chamber. And that propelled Kofi mania. And that, that pretty much was one of the biggest storylines all of 2019. Just for just one of the best, best felt good stories also in 2019. The power of positivity. Kofi Kingston running wild on everybody. The dreadlock Dynamo just proving that even a man of his status right now, and he's done. He's had. A, he's a Grand Slam champion. No, you can't take away the Intercontinental titles, the U.S. titles, the tag team titles. He's done it all. He's rightfully deserving of the championship. This is not a fluke. Despite whatever that happened to put Kofi in this situation, he is champion. He's held it for over almost 124 days. You got to give him props. He's probably going to hold on to it for another 100 more days until we get to maybe next WrestleMania, if that even happens, if you even get that far. But this was a big time. This is, this is big. This is just big in general of what happened. Kofi deserved it. This match was horrible. I'm not gonna lie. The, just the beginning was slow paced. Both of them know each other. So I wasn't expecting any, you know, anybody to do any more, any slip ups. The only slip up in this match was when Kofi was jumping up. Randy RKO'd him. Infinitely, the, the three biggest devastating names in sports entertainment, RKO. He lived up to it. He RKO'd him. He took too long. Kofi was able to get out. That's 
when this could have been over with. All, Randy should have won this match. Randy dominated this whole match from the jump. And he, he put Kofi out of character to a point where Randy was even like menacing to his kids and Kofi just went off. Took the candlestick, attacked Randy with it. Double count out regardless. This, this should never been a double count out. Kofi went heel for a couple seconds, just beating the hell out of Randy Orton lifelessly. And that's it. All we get right now, no no double count out, which should never been the case. Somebody should have won this. If Randy had to win it, then give it to Randy Orton. I was fine with it. Randy was already dominating this match from the jump, from the beginning. Overall, I feel like Randy's got much more experience to handle this type of situation than Kofi. I feel like Randy was the superior man until that moment when he started take he, he was looking at his kids as if he was gonna all kill his kids Kofi didn't like that Randy not that was part of the script or not Kofi went off and Randy on his ass sadistic as it is look at what he did to Jeff Hardy in his whole earring look at what he almost almost did the triple H when he's gonna punt him at Super Showdown Randy on do not care he's one of the biggest heels ever and by far one of the most sadistic human beings we have ever seen and he was just doing what Randy Orton does best in this in this form you can't get mad at what he's doing I think this this match could have been better Kofi could have definitely you know used the power of positivity to his advantage thank you for hearing that you know brief sponsorship from everybody in Anchor and let's get to this the Fiend Bray Wyatt for the last year or two right now, he's been on a slump. He's disappeared. We don't know about this whole character rebranding he was doing, but it's paid off in the best way possible from the Firefly Funhouse to Fiend, Hurt Hills, Let Me In. This whole re-persona of Bray Wyatt has really come to fruition just from the entrance and to the exit. Overall, from this whole match, Bray Wyatt annihilated Finn Balor. Um, we got right now a chance of looking at maybe a superstar in the making in Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was already a star already, a, 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 a fantastic one when he had the right fit brothers, the family, sister Abigail. You know, he went through a brief moment turning Randy Orton into part of the family for Randy Orton and was able to just be more statistic and able to get out of that than the whole matchup with The Undertaker. That didn't go well, which I felt like Undertaker should have put him over, but Undertaker was not with that. And um, every little bits and pieces that was going wrong for Bray Wyatt, he got a character rebrand, kept the name, but he became much more evil and grittier and this whole split persona right now on this guy right now the fun loving bray wyatt and then just this evil venom of spewing evil that becomes this guy that we have never seen before in wwe ever he's more scarier than the undertaker when he first debuted on survivor series 1990. this is what I am talking about this is the type of action I was hoping to see from Bray Wyatt and they let this guy dictate his own attire his own persona his own character from the ground up Bray Wyatt was really able to harness everything that he 
grew up and this is what we got right now a masterpiece aka an ass whipping of epic proportion that he laid on Bray Wyatt Bray I mean, I'm Bray Wyatt Finn Balor Finn Balor Finn Balor had no chance and just and I'm happy that they didn't decide to put the demon against a against a bigger demon it, it, it's not I think if they do this right and if, if it is true that Finn Balor is taking some time off then okay let him take some time off let this guy build to be the super fiend that we all believe he can be right now and hopefully maybe by uh, let's say what Wrestlemania if Finn Balor is going to be gone for a couple months right now he won't come back until around January February and let's just say that then that would be it'll be all worth it because we can see the demon against the fiend and we can watch one of the greatest you know climactic rivalry ever bestowed upon us if they do this right this is it's the, the the creative team have to do this right they have to put it somewhere in the back of their heads that this is have to happen this way and that way pending everybody stays healthy you don't want nobody to get hurt but if they play this right this storyline could be one of the best storylines they had all of this year and next year if they continue but for right now as the character as the fiend Bray Wyatt knocked everything out the box this is by this was my third best match second was like I said AJ Styles and the first one I'm going to talk about after this this was a this was a great way to take Finn Balor out of TV out of just in-house everything have him take a nice vacation because he he, he deserves it he needs a vacation right now he's been up and down He's had his high moments when he went for the Universal Championship that he should he should never have lost to begin with, and yeah, he's he did everything he can and it was great and not for him but it was great for the Fiend and it's a good way to send off Finn Balor and we'll see what happens in the upcoming months of this you know character that's been called the Fiend. We'll see what he can do. Um, I don't think there's anything else I can say about it. Third best match of the whole Summer Slam. And we're going to talk about the first best one because this was out of the ordinary. I didn't think this was going to last 13 to 16 minutes. But we're going to talk about it right about now. Last match of this whole SummerSlam 2019, the 32nd edition of SummerSlam, the main event that everybody was waiting for. The build-up has been amazing since, since WrestleMania, ever since Brock Lesnar lost. Um, Seth Rollins, the workhorse of WWE, the workhorse of Raw, Mr. Seth freaking Rollins. He hasn't really set their world on fire, and maybe because of the, the, the build they had with him and Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin is an amazing wrestler. Um, he's just annoying. And I felt like that build was just, they was doing too much to hype, over hype Baron Corbin as this, this guy that can contend for a championship, which I believe he can, but no. He just brings a lot of heat and more heat and more heat that we don't need. Enter this animal this beast as they call it the carnage of Brock Lesnar 
if you have followed him since 2001 slash 2002 when he first debuted and just put the living Pope on it. Crash Holly of all people and all these little hardcore wrestlers that didn't stand a chance against this guy. When Paul Heyman was rocking the New York hat with a little ponytail on back looking like a fired Wall Street businessman. Brock Lesnar has been all business when he came in. He wastes no time beating everybody up. And in the beginning of this match, that's what he did. He kicked Rollins' ass up and down. And as many times, and as many German suplexes, as many F5, Brock Lesnar was trying to do. Seth Rollins, out of nowhere, got out of that. He flipped out of it. He made sure that he wasn't going to get knocked down the way we all thought he would have. Nothing like that. Seth Rollins, and for the first time, I can say in a very long time, and maybe the first time ever, this was as clean as... It can, it, it can get. It was as clean as a match from start to finish. And Seth Rollins, in the clean victory, beat Brock Lesnar. Beat him. There was no debate on if this was going to be a dirty match. I expected it to after Brock Lesnar took the gloves off. I thought he was going to get vicious. I thought he was really going to grind into Seth Rollins' head and start punching him the way that he punched Randy Orton five years ago. Well, actually... Four years ago, five years ago, he demolished John Cena. So I was expecting that same outcome, but don't forget, last year's SummerSlam, Roman Reigns was able to beat him. So that was the back of my mind. Maybe Brock Lesnar might go on a losing streak at SummerSlam and lose. And in the beginning, that wasn't the case. Brock Lesnar was doing everything that we knew Brock Lesnar could do. Especially in less than five minutes, he remind, he's like a Goldberg prototype. Or not even a prototype, he's like a Goldberg. Especially super muscular, physique, athletic freaks that beats you down in less than five minutes, or maybe less. I was expecting that. Rollins gave him the run for his money. And in a sense, Brock Lesnar, I can honestly say he put, really, he put Seth Rollins over. As this guy who, when you stack the decks against a person... He is able to overcome. And let's be honest, Seth Rollins was playing with house money at this point. Seth Rollins knew that he didn't win this. He didn't get this. He might never have an opportunity to get the universal title. He's better off going to SmackDown facing Kofi Kingston at this point and turning heel because he wasn't going to have the opportunity to beat Brock Lesnar again. Unless Seth Rollins again pulls out another gauntlet match or whatever to even get to Brock Lesnar. I don't think that was meant to be in the cards. But Seth Rollins is able to be victorious. He wins cleanly. Three stomps, just like he did to Brock Lesnar and, and, you know, WrestleMania. And, ta-da! Your new Universal fighting, reigning, two-time Universal champion. Congratulations to Steph Rollins. You put, yeah, you really, you know, you, you went against the odds, especially after the last two weeks again, your ass beat down in totality by this monster of a man of Brock Lesnar. And if Brock Lesnar... And the one thing I can say about Brock Lesnar, that him coming back right now a little bit, it's a little, it's a little good right now. It's a good time for WWE. Especially Brock Lesnar's not going to UFC, which is even more better because now we're able to see more Brock Lesnar. Hopefully there'll be more matches with Brock Lesnar, even though, unless I will, I'll pull the brakes down because if they're using Brock Lesnar like they use Andre the Giant, we might not see that much matches from Brock Lesnar. And why wouldn't you? Brock Lesnar is already a main attraction every time he, he, he signs the check and come perform. He, him appearing right now is a lot of money. So 
anytime he's get Brock Lesnar, you Brock Lesnar's only here for one reason. Brock Lesnar's here to cash in on championships. He's not here to contend or fight for it. Which I was even more surprised he even showed up at Money in the Bank to begin with. But that was his only way of even having an opportunity for a championship was that. And the fact that he knocked out Zami Singh just to even get in that situation, amazing. Like I said, the storyline that I built from WrestleMania to now and how everything transpired was golden. So, overall, this was a good match. Everything worked out the way it should have, and we got a, we got a new champion. I believe that was the only championship that was switched. I think everybody held on to their championship. So, um, yeah, I, after, after that, you know, no championships switched hands, which was, I guess, a good thing if you consider that. Maybe a bad thing, I don't know. But that didn't switch other than Seth Rollins holding on. Becky survived. Kofi should have lost, but he survived. Drew Gulak survived. Nikki Cross and um, Alexa Bliss survived. Um, Tag Team Championships wasn't up for grabs at all this time around. Clash of Championships, we're going to see every championship, every championship up for grabs. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to really like to see that. And I guess was this um, SummerSlam better than last year? No, not 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 really. Not really. There's a lot of highlights. There's a lot of this is Toronto, Canada. So you was able to see Edge for his hometown fans in Canada. Trish Stratus, Natalia doing the big. Um, Kevin Owens, you know, fight Kevin fight. He's he's he was successful. And I guess it was a it was a it was a it was a, it was a so-and-so. I give it a I give it a 75% rating on this SummerSlam. It could have done better. And you know, that's a, that's it. Hey, this is the original gatekeeper Bernie, and this is the Let Burn Rant Podcast. Available iTunes, Google, and Spotify, and everywhere else where you can find the Let Burn Rant Podcast. You can click, you can stream, and of course, please enjoy it. Burn.